0: What's going on guys, Nate and Phillip back again, another episode of the poking Talk Podcast. Philip is fresh off of New York from GoFest, so how are you feeling?
1: Uh, not too bad. I got home at about 11 last night, um, I like got delayed several times from New York, They lead to like 4-ish, and then I had that, we had two hour layover in Chicago, yeah we didn't get back to almost 11, so it was a long day yesterday, um... Stayed up a little late, you know, I had to make sure I got them packed and all that, and yeah. literally before we started this podcast, I uploaded all my photos, it was like over 5,000 photos, and, you know, I don't know how much I've discussed that here, but photography is definitely one of my main hobbies, and a lot of times i don't shoot as much um, like around town just cuz there's not things that like inspire me i'm one of those folks that got to have be inspired to do photos a lot of times yeah. but i mean being in new york man <laughs> what an experience yeah it's like can't, can't
0: be much more inspiring than that sometimes
1: no but. you can't i mean it is it was an enlightenment it was like a, an enlightening experience um i can't even describe it like yeah it's big obviously but that's not even the best thing about New York the best thing about the New York I would say is the culture and the people the multiculture and the people um it was pretty crazy you know we just talked to we we talked to a lot of random people I think on our trip we probably talked to or heard at least a dozen different languages around us at like all times yeah throughout the trip like we talked to a guy from Bangkok you know a, a few French Italian I mean it's it was just kind of crazy all these people and just talking about some of their experiences and wow it's just incredible and for somebody that has a sweet tooth i might have found the best cheesecake ever so and and get get this i can actually order it online and they ship it with dry ice packs wow oh yeah yeah be spending
0: that money now
1: i mean it's not cheap but (laughs) damn it's good like it was seriously the best cheesecake i've i've ever possibly had um And, you know, we had GoFest. We had the whole weekend of GoFest. And so I'll say this about the GoFest experience this year. So the city experience might have made it the best ever. However, the actual park experience was among the worst ever. Um, Not saying it was bad per se. There was a bottleneck of people Saturday in several areas. It was more people than I've ever seen at any GoFest ever um i mean that should should have been expected in new york city right yeah it was huge there was at one point like randall island was like kind of like connected to a highway as you can imagine and they didn't close it off and literally there was a space of maybe 10 feet through a for a pathway at a certain point to get to the now north and south entrances and it was reminiscent of if you've ever been like in a populated high school or middle school like People log jams,
0: like straight the, up the hallways between yeah. classes. Yes, yes. Trying to get to lunch,
1: and it's like you're literally. It's there's such a log jam of people. You're like, eh, I can't get through. That's pretty much how it was, and we couldn't jump over like the this median because it was on an active highway. It was an on ramp for a, a, a highway. Finally, they were able to slow it down and section it off and make another pathway. Yeah. Um But. Or, like,
0: why even have it there? Like, why don't they do, like, I get New York and they want to be down in New York, but yeah, why not make it like a, you know, like an outer city park yeah. or, I you mean, know, Central Park even? I mean, it, it's kind of hectic to park and get into Central Park, but. The,
1: I think one of the best things with New York with this is New York's incredible um, public transportation system. I, I don't think you're, you are would have been able to do something like that in a lot of cities. But because of New York's incredible bus and subway system, it makes it possible. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it takes a little bit to kind of get a hang of it. I mean, it's not hard, but, like, you kind of have to, like, okay. And then after just a couple of days, we kind of had an idea. Like, a lot of the stuff we were seeing was all on a straight trip, like, through Manhattan and, and, and uptown, downtown. It was mostly a straight strip, and it makes it very easy to navigate. Um, And it was really something that I don't think he could have done in a lot of cities. But the actual park experience, I thought, was kind of lame, honestly. Um, It was fun being around a bunch of people, I I will say that. Uh, Again, there's issues with the merchandise line. I I think a lot of people spontaneously just like, oh, I'm going to buy stuff at at the merch line. And I kid you not, that line was 100 plus people long. (laughs) Like, it was, like, it's just, like, you couldn't even see it. And I'm, like, why in the hell are you wasting your part-time in that line? Yeah. Like, I I was just baffled by it. Like, yeah, the city experience allows you to be able to do that. Like, the city experience on Friday, I had already got, like, 30 shinies. And the thing is, Pokemon wasn't our main focus on Friday or Sunday. It was seeing the city. And, but, you know, we were just go plus, plus, plus it and we were in like we we're clicking on stuff in between things we were doing as we we're walking and we got a lot of shinies like i got several known i somehow got the exclamation unknown it was one of the first ones i got that, nice. for the uh, shiny yeah i got every single shiny unknown yeah every single one that they had there i was i couldn't believe it i was so lucky um but the actual city experience there's the amount of spawns in the city were so plentiful and made it to where it was better playing in the city Because in the park, especially with the unknown hours, so with these gofests, the top of the unknowns or top of the hour is like for two minutes, it's a lot of unknown spawns. Well, in Seattle, it was ridiculous. You couldn't click on all of them. There was that many in two minutes. Whereas in New York, you'd be lucky if you were in an area where you could get like five or six. You had a power walk to get probably 15, and you had to be in the right area to do it. I was yeah, I was but whereas in the city it was it was different because you could quickly get through enough spawns because it was so plentiful. So that's why I I was in my opinion, the the overall experience for the GoFest weekend the best ever. The park itself among the worst ever.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh just surprises me how they can't figure it out or that highway ordeal, it's like, come on, like you know that's gonna be a problem.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and of course, that this the Saturday afternoon crowd, there was uh Verizon internet issues, so it got extended till ten PM in the city. Yeah. So we were walking in Central Park from like seven thirty or something or seven, like we did the the bus system for a little bit up until about six thirty seven. We were gonna end in Central Park, but then we was like, Holy shit, it's still going and then we we, we you know, word spread fast, it's going till ten. I'm like, Yes. So nice. we just kind of walked around Central Park, experienced the life. There was several live musicians playing. Oh, my God. It was, it was incredible, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I got like 100 shinies the whole weekend. Like, I imagine going for, forward, they're going to continue doing the whole citywide experience Friday and Sunday. I bet they made bank doing that. I mean, if I'm already spending all this money to go see all the, you know all this stuff or just going to play in New York, regardless of what city, if it's in Denver next year or wherever in the Midwest like I expect it to be, I'm going to pay the extra 60 bucks or whatever it is to play Friday and Sunday. I yeah. can't tell you how many go fests I've gotten effed over in terms of playing all day and getting very little to show for it. Like for example, the park experience, I got like 15 shinies, but that evening I got 35. No, it was 40. I got 55 that, that, that day. Yeah. So
0: yeah, they're, they're still figuring it out. It seems, but yeah. you know, that's just the nature of who they are. Unfortunately, kind of yeah. come to be expected, but but yeah, the weekend before the old GoFest, they had GoFest in Japan as well as Worlds, so that yep. was really exciting. There's a lot of news coming out of Worlds, but uh, yeah, there's a new art for the trophy yep. cards, there's a Pikachu deck that people are going crazy for, and Everything, like, you know, this is a time when we're supposed to be super hyped with Pokemon. It's back in Japan, but I've honestly kind of taken a break. Um, There's been a lot of things that I've seen recently that kind of, I don't know, almost discourages me from the hobby. Um, But, uh, yeah, we'll kind of... Like
1: what, exactly?
0: I don't know. Like, with the Pikachu deck, like, the amount of decks, like, people are buying and, like, getting back door and there's been a lot of problems with that and people at the event can't buy the deck because they've been sold out and then you see people who like you know the week before bought like 20 of them because they released a little bit before worlds so
1: yeah
0: i don't know it's just uh just you know stupid money things with the hobby um just sucks that it has to be a, a thing but yep, that's where we're at in the hobby yeah, nowadays. I would say, so.
1: Unfortunately, that's that's not going anywhere. Um, you know, Pokemon in, in a lot of ways, they're obviously not as established as baseball cards or other sports cards. But it is trending in that direction in terms of the profitability of specific cards or and or sets or or items or whatever. Um, See, so it's a little bit different with. It's still not as bad as baseball paying like $500, you know, just MSRP just for certain cards. Or in in other cases, it's bots buying them all up, and then you got to pay 2X for the same shit. Mm. Like, it makes it to where there's no point in buying sealed. It's even more so no point in buying sealed a lot of times unless it's just the Series 1 or Series 2 cards that you can get at a decent price just because it's... It's just... It's kind of... I don't want to say it's rigged because it's not, but it's just the way... The system has become with bots post 2020, and it's just very frustrating if you are an actual collector. Yeah, for sure.
0: Definitely saw it a lot with the Pikachu box. Um, there's still a play on it though. The the boxes yeah. sealed are going for like 200 bucks, and the cards like 500. Um, well, I think it's going to be coming down pretty rapidly though.
1: Yeah, I mean the tens so. are already 600 raw, 300 approximately. Yeah. So,
0: but uh, yeah, I guess with that, let's go ahead and hop on into the news. Our main topic was pre-recorded. I think we mentioned that when we recorded that. But uh, yeah, we we're talking about the Gold Star era, and uh, yeah, we'll just hit some news before then, and we'll jump into the main topic after. But the. I guess continuing the world's news, the, uh, next worlds for next year is coming back to the U S it's going to be in Honolulu, Hawaii.
1: Hey, now that's a question. Is it worth going to like, it won't be cheap, but I would love to go to one of these worlds events. I, I think it would be a blast.
0: Yeah. I got a few trips next year already. Um, I I don't know if I would even consider it. I maybe wait a couple more years, but uh, yeah, we did. This was one of our questions on the last episode, uh, wondering when it was gonna come back, and I think I called West Coast technically, but <laughs> well, um, I, I guess mean, I Hawaii guess it's right. Yeah,
1: West Coast the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's it's as far west as you can get for the U.S. I guess, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I really think, like we were talking about in that episode, I really think it's going to be like a three-year cycle where they try to hit the U.S. and then they go to, like, Europe and then they go to Japan. Like, you know, we saw, what was it, D.C. and then London and then Japan. Now we're back to the U.S. So it would make sense if they did that, kind of hit, like, you know the three main markets and also three sections of the world that pretty much covers everybody. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people. I feel like this is the first worlds since the pandemic. Cause like, I don't know, we had London, but that the London was the first worlds post hype. And so a lot of these people who are new into the hobby didn't even really get to experience a world's, So I think London, you know, a lot of people watched it. The attendance wasn't, like, as crazy as it could have been, but it was still, like, super packed. And so I think a lot of people watched that and was like, man, I need to go to this. So the first worlds that people were aware, like, of what it was post-hype, I think, was really this year. And there was just a ton of people who went, made made the big journey. So... That was kind of crazy to see the amount of people who traveled for worlds that I follow here in the U.S. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean they couldn't have been cheap. I mean, cheap. You could probably have made lodging kind of cheap, um, especially if you went with somebody. But just the airfare alone.
0: Yeah, w- yeah, it's a would lot. have been.
1: Yeah, but that's the biggest thing. It's not even necessarily the the lodging. It's just the it's the travel itself.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I feel like this is like the first true worlds post-hype, post-pandemic with everyone watching London. Then they want to go and now, like, it's just going to be this big every year here on out, no doubt. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. that it's coming back to the U.S. and Honolulu. It's going to be pretty interesting there. But, uh, yeah, should be cool.
1: And I said, we also have a new Pokemon revealed.
0: Yep, they revealed a new Pokemon. This was a, like, through a promotional YouTube video, I think it was, on uh, yeah, the Pokemon channel. But, uh, yeah, they uh, announced Poltergeist, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Kind of like Poltergeist, but it's like a... Don't
1: they have another one already, kind of like that, in their Pokemon that's like...
0: Yeah, I think they have like the teacup little Pokemon. I can't remember like what they are, but maybe this is a form. I honestly hadn't paid too much attention to it, but uh, yeah, this one is definitely reminiscent. It's like a ghost type of that version. But uh, yeah, pretty cool Pokemon. It's coming to the Scarlet and Violet DLC Um, which honestly is kind of lackluster for me. I don't even know if I'm going to be getting it. So it's kind of, kind of sad to say, but I don't know. Like we talked about before, the Pokemon games just are really hard to excite me nowadays, especially with Scarlet and Violet. Um, the gameplay wise was great. It's just like the story kind of was in. And I feel like the DLC isn't adding that much value. So I might be actually holding off on the DLC, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it's cool to still see new Pokemon. It's a shame that we can't just have the whole game release, you know, at launch and just have a full experience. But, uh, yeah.
1: But then how would they make money? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, they could be like Baldur's Gate. I've been playing Baldur's Gate a lot this month and... You know, they released a full game, don't have any microtransactions, no playing DLC. And, you know, it's like the most popular game ever right now. So, goes to show, if you make a good game, it's worth it. But, people just want to go the easier route and just make an okay game. Make some DLCs and microtransactions and make a cool skin and stupid stuff like that. But, that is such the state of gaming right now. It's just not not very good anymore. But, uh, yeah, let's see what we got in other news here. We have, you know, I did mention that that Pikachu box. There was a product released um, leading up to Worlds, which featured a, um, it's technically called Pokemon World Championship 2023 Yokohama Deck Pikachu. (laughs) So it's, of course, you know, the very long name that the japanese like to give to some of these products but uh yeah it's essentially a pikachu deck it's got some cool deck boxes um i think even like a 10 deck box but the the big news and the big hype around this product is no doubt the promo card that you get in it it is a very good card it's a full art you know it's like kind of like the precious collection box promo It's got Pikachu featured in the middle. It's got um, Crydon and Miraidon from Scarlet and Violet in the artwork. He's kind of battling those two. Um, No doubt a great full art card, and it's going to be a great card. But, uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of people are getting their hands on this. And, yeah, a lot of people grading them. There's just, there's like a lot of them. I, I was telling you before we started even recording that, there's been like 20 plus people who have like 20 plus of these boxes. It just seems like for certain people it was very easy to get a hold of. Um,
1: I imagine that's why a lot of people went over there that you saw, honestly. I, I don't know who you saw or what they posted, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of correlation there.
0: Yeah, the week before, I mean, there was tons and tons of videos of people like in the World Store. And yeah, they had a lot of the they had like an entire four-tiered shelf just loaded with like the exclusive worlds plushie so like items were definitely available I I saw Bear Walker did a world skateboard that was only available mm-hmm. at worlds so that one's going to be pretty pricey
1: but I mean yeah there's if you it's kind of like what we see with the D23 Expo right with Disney a bunch of people even at like the Collecticon, we saw some folks doing this. A bunch of people that are there to make money in one way or another. That's why they attend it, either through signatures or, in this case, exclusive items that people will that a lot of people in America would not have the accessibility to be able to to get without either a connection or actually being there. Yeah. So it's one it, you can you know in theory, if you would have if you get it at MSRP and you just when you come in and grade it, I mean. You can double or triple your money, even if it takes a minute, to be able to get it to grading. Hell, you could even make a trip, uh, stop at the PSA store <laughs> 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 or in California, you know, and get it graded a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, well, I there's mean, a headquarter
0: in Japan now, so you can just pop yeah, into Japan.
1: I mean, so, I mean, you could have done that and be able to make it basically make your trip free, experience all of Japan, all of those cool things, and keep one for yourself and have the trip for free, maybe make a little bit of profit depending on how many you're able to get and how fast you're able to get rid of them.
0: Yep. Yeah. A lot of people did that. Um, And yeah, it's smart and like, that's the way to do things. And people, like you said, just attend to make money essentially. But that's one of the reasons why I've been kind of bummed with the hobby. It's just sad that, you know, it's kind of come to all that and, It's just going to be the norm from now on just because it's Pokemon and it is so crazy. But, uh, yeah, I just want to go back to the old simple collecting and not worry about the money chase and all that. But that is what it is. Yeah. Let's see. With other news, though, we have... What is it here? We have an Umbreon and Espeon promo for... Obsidian Flames. Umbreon going to be given out at GameStop. And Umbreon, what was it? Is I think it's at GameStop as well. Um, they are Reverse Hollows with a special stamp. So it's cool that they did Reverse Hollows. Usually it's just like a normal card. There is a Tinkatung promo that will be available at Best Buy. Um, but the cards never really surfaced. Um, there was kind of some doubt whether these cards would actually be a thing or not um i don't know if it's a production issue or people just taking the cards for themselves or what is going on but i guess the Umbreon and espion have been popping up so they are out there like you know like the other ones it's not going to be worth very much maybe five ten dollars um but uh yeah just kind of a cool card to pick up yeah um the other ones are only like a few dollars, but being Umbreon Espeon, they might be a couple dollars. but Pretty cool there, though. Um, one last thing for the news I want to talk about is actually the trophy cards. Mm. Um, there is new arts for the world's promos. So after seven years, they changed it up. So I think it was you know, kind of expected they did this change kind of similar when they went from the half arts to the full arts. Um, so yeah, it's really, uh, really interesting that they do it that way, but, uh, they did change the artwork a little bit. They think they've had the original and then they had the updated half arts and then they went to the full arts. um, And then this is the first time that they've changed the art of the full art cards. So this is the fourth line of artwork that we've seen in the trophy cards. But uh, in my opinion, they look a little better than the old ones. And uh, yeah, pretty solid. A lot of people that I follow on Instagram was on the show floor hunting these cards down. There was a lot of interest. And uh, this is the first time... Like, we've seen just the interest, like, so high. You know, this is on everybody's radar now. This is the first worlds that just people felt like they had to go to. And every creator's going. And these cards are just going to be so crazy, like, for competition to pick up these cards every year from yeah. here on out.
1: Well, I, well you said JJM and Pokemon was like, he'll beat any offer. You show me a post that he made
0: yeah zach was running around said he'd beat any offer i saw someone share on a story like a 100k offer um i heard that there were sales under 100k but i would say like 60 to 70 which makes sense because like the older trophy cards that are already out there and you know came out when people weren't when it wasn't on everybody's radar those cards are like in the 100 to 150, I feel like. Um, so it makes sense that the brand new ones are under 100. But I think that first day, people were throwing out ridiculous numbers because they just wanted to get in contact with someone. And, yeah, so I would say like 75 to 80K was probably what some of these sold for. That was about the range. But uh, Which
1: is obviously life-changing
0: money oh yeah yeah just you know right there on the spot 85k you know it's more than the prize money or the scholarships that they give out for winning the whole thing (laughs) so yeah uh, yeah pretty insane but uh yeah i couldn't imagine that would be even if i had the money and i was hunting these down it would be like so stressful just to like have all these connections and like finding the buyer and finding the seller and like, I would almost like overpay just to not have to deal with that. Like,
1: well, <laughs> I think some of it is some of these people, because they've been in the hobby long enough or they've been able to accrue a significant amount of money for being a creator or one reason or another, um, you know, it makes it where sure you have all this. All these amazing cards and you need to add to your collection somehow something that's truly scarce something that's truly meaningful within the hobby and that's what these cards are they're the yearly you know placement cards that are incredibly scarce yeah so you're gonna so I mean people they part of it is the thrill now are they trying to flip it for money maybe and it makes sense, yeah, like you were saying, to say if it costs you seventy, seventy five thousand, whatever. Well, if you sell it for ninety thousand or, or you know, a hundred thousand, I mean you made se- you made ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, you know, depending on whatever. And it's probably gonna be done through a private sale. Yeah. So that way so that way you, you keep you keep the, the majority of it. The majority mm-hmm. of the of the revenue from the sale.
0: Yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. But um Yeah, the only other thing I had, they uh, did have the world's promo, which they actually changed. Um yep. it is now Paradise Resort is their thing now. So I believe it was Champions Festival, wasn't it, yeah, before this? It so Yep, the the new promo is now Paradise Resort. Maybe that has something to do with Hawaii. Um, maybe like that'd be a cool theme, like where the promo of the current year gives a little hint to where the next year might be. Um, but yeah, this was given out to every competitor, and it was also given to staff members for... I guess there was a side event system where you could earn points, and any staff member that earned 500 points got a staff version. So... It is pretty rare. It's got a Lapras on it. Um, so it is going for quite a bit, relatively. You know, I think a few hundred dollars at least for the normal one. Um, but yeah, I I just am not a huge fan of a lot of the artworks for those. Um,
1: so you're not talking about the celebration fanfare with the one with Pikachu and Charmander? That's no. That's what I thought you were t- t- talking about.
0: Nope, this is the Paradise Resort for Worlds. Um, Yeah, so it looks like you can buy one right now, $75. Um, But yeah, this is is the promo that they have that's like, there's a staff stamp, there's a top 16 stamp, top 8 stamp, finalist stamp, stuff like that. So if you type in Paradise Resort Pokemon, you'll see that on eBay. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But...
0: Be cool to pick up. It'd be a solid card in any collection, especially the stamp and the finalist and, you know, all the placement stamp versions. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just never really liked the art for these. Um, looks like there's quite a few staff ones on eBay right now. Let me just check out the sold listings here and then we'll kind of wrap up the news. But, uh,
1: that one's pretty good. You know, it's, it's nice, but these cards, since, you know, you got to really want to collect these cards. Um, yeah,
0: they're very niche, uh, like, as far yeah, as artwork goes. Like,
1: like I have the 2016 one um, somewhere. I really have to look where the hell I put that thing. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I have that one, and I, I like that one because it was 2016, and it had the Kanto starters. Now, this one's pretty cool. It has Lapras, and, it, you know, Lapras is one of my favorite Pokemon. But, says
0: says the Lapras lover.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, so that might be one of the only reasons why I might get it is because it has Lapras, Um, but like it's nowhere near on my radar right now. I'll just say it like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool, but I don't know. I think people are just so eager to get everything exclusive, like trying to make a quick buck. Like people just kind of freaked out about this one.
1: Yeah. If you're going to buy it, I would probably buy the staff. That's probably going to have the highest, um, it's going to be more consistent in terms of price, I would think, and it, it'll accrue more overall than the other one.
0: Yeah, the placement ones too, but I yeah,
1: pla- yeah, but th- those are going to be much more expensive. Whereas the staff, here, let, let me see what what the staff going for.
0: That's what I was looking. I was looking up sale. There's hardly any placement ones.
1: Uh, I see one best offer eight hundred. So there's one for a thousand eight fifty. So around eight hundred, I guess. I mean that seems about right. I know now in a 10, but these should grade very easily. Um honestly, I would think, but in a 10, I would think you're looking at probably, I don't know, 1500 maybe. Yeah.
0: The staff Raw one sold for 900 apparently. Yeah. And see here's here's the thing. Here's August 15th. These were selling for 350, 330, 100, 300.
1: I'm talking about the staff. Are you talking about just the, a normal?
0: Uh, and then now yeah, exactly. you can buy it for 75. So yeah, like...
1: give it a couple months, maybe even early next year. I bet you're going to see the all time low. Hell, it might be more cost effective to get the, the, the graded one because it's going to be graded. All this stuff's going to be graded. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's one of those things like we'll get into a little bit later, but I have a similar opinion when it comes to the exclusive promo and the uh, world's deck as well. A similar mindset. This is what, just like any one of those things. You know, it's, it's around, it's going to be around Patience. do not buy right now. This stuff you wait. I mean, at minimum the end of the year,
0: (laughs) but yeah, I guess with that, let's hop into the old main topic and then we'll talk about that again at the end of that. So here is the gold star era topic. All right, so for the EX era, so basically what we're going to do here for the main topic, we're going to talk about the EX era as a whole, kind of talk about the good things about it, the downsides about it, kind of collectability as a whole. Um, Then we'll very quickly run through each set, talk about maybe the key hollow in the set or gold stars, um, but yeah, this basically is its own section cause that's where the gold stars are at. So when you think of EX era, what's the first thing that comes to mind with you?
1: Whoo! I usually think of gold stars. That's usually the first thing I think about. Um, the first ones, the first gold star, I guess is probably the Charizard or the Umbreon, but that's not, Umbreon isn't exactly, that was released a little bit differently. But when I think of gold stars, those are the ones I think of, so. And, uh, you know, I I would say that there are quite a few good EX-era cards um, as well. But sometimes the art is kind of, I don't know, like this 3D sort of shading. I don't know. Sometimes the art just, I I, I don't feel it. And they're kind of obviously doing, they're having some callbacks from in the current EX-era. But I would still say the art looks a lot better. But just the overall aesthetic of some of the EX cards, and just kind of, eh.
0: Yeah. Kind of like how, uh, you know, at the end of the last Era episode, we talked about how Pokemon really started experimenting more with some things. Like, of course, the E-Reader, you know, Expedition, Acropolis, Sky Ridge, they all have their own art aesthetic. Yeah. Um, This is when the Pokemon company took over. And in my opinion, you do see some really great artworks in here, but it's all kind of the same theme all the way throughout these gold star sets. There is kind of a step back, in my opinion. Some of them do look great, but there is a step back on many of them where they kind of go back towards the kind of CGI or just computer-generated images Mm-hmm. Um, so as a whole the art theme is really great there's a really wide variety within that but there is a certain amount of cards for each set where they definitely took a step back just looking at the first set here which is EX Ruby Sapphire I mean you really you do see it some on the Hollow rares but you really see it on the non-holos um, a lot more like slacking, it's just like it's base Pokédex image, just chilling in the grass. There's there's just a lot of things like that. So I don't know. The artwork is a nice mix, but there's definitely um, you know a little step back in some of the quality for some cards. But and you kind of see that throughout the whole thing. Like each set has their their strong points, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think of the EX series as a whole, it's definitely the Gold Star cards for sure. Um, insane value is held within the Gold Stars, but overall and collecting throughout the years, like we mentioned this before, this whole era doesn't really have like the key collector nostalgia that a lot of other things have. Not a whole lot of people collected really in this time period. Um as far as like what they are, I mean, these are some of the rare sets that have ever came out. EX Deoxys is rumored to be like the shortest printed set ever. Um, Pokemon hobby was at an all time low around that time period. And it just kind of sucked for a while, but, uh, getting back into the hobby, a lot of people, you know, especially in 2020 love gen one, Neo got some love, but gen three still didn't really get any love. Um, a lot of the people, I'd say in 2021, 2022, you saw the people who were really invested in the hobby already. You know, maybe they came in at 2020, but they were actively buying up like what they really want. A lot of people started looking at the third gen and some of these sets. Um, I know Master Set Games, which we dealt with in Collecticon. Um, at last year's Collecticon, he was buying all these sets up. So a lot of people have thought the same idea that, you know, we've seen Base Set, we've seen Neo Set, EX Air is next, right? But the market kind of cooled down a little bit. I think there's also just so many options as far as the first two gens go that it's, you know, everything's went up a little bit. But how how deep do you go, you know? Say, I don't even have binder sets of these sets. My my binder set ends at Sky Ridge. So that's another factor. Are you only wanting to collect Watsy? Like, these are not WotC. So these are the beginning of the Pokemon Company era. So it just falls in that, that niche category. We've talked about it also with promos. Like, uh, even some other cards. Like your Arceus cards. Even though those are Diamond and Pearl. That... I mean, that's kind of in the same bunch as well. But Mm -hmm. even the people who came in really early back into the hobby like I did, I came in in Diamond and Pearl. So this generation of Gen 3, as far as the TCG goes, it really is just a lost era. And really the only significance it has to me is just the gold stars, which that's a lot of people's significance. Because when I did get back into Diamond and Pearl those were still seen as the chase cards.
1: So. Yeah, there's there's a decent amount of, uh, obviously, I see Kameas, and there is some unique art. But as a whole, it's mostly forgettable, not good enough to collect, although there is some gems, especially commons and rares. But ultimately, I think the first set we're going to begin with is the team of pocket ra- Returns, correct? I
0: think... Yeah. Did we cover the ex I, it was ruby sapphire all the I way up was, through fire red leaf green? Right.
1: I, I thought we did. Yeah,
0: I think so too. So yeah, it should be Team Rocket returns.
1: Yeah, we ended we ended before the Gold Stars, and there's the yeah we had we talked about the Canto birds. I remember that. So yeah. So. Yep.
0: So yeah, we should be Team Rocket returns. So but yeah, like okay. I said, even looking at that. Uh, yeah, EX Ruby Sapphire set, which that was last episode or last air episode. I mean, like I said, that just continues on through these sets.
1: Yeah. So but they had a lot of EX cards in this set. Now they had also had the dark vibe, like that they've had in previous sets. Um, like you might remember like Dark Charizard, they had that first with the Team Rocket. They also had some dark and light and neo destiny and they kind it tries to carry on that legacy a little bit and that that sentiment um with various degrees of success in my opinion Mm -hmm. um it is some of it is unique compared to the sets around it i will say that there's at least a unique look that they have you haven't seen in several sets Um, but this is one of the things where again there are some cool commons and uncommons but it's hit or miss It looks more generic, but it's top heavy in the sense that the main cards will be the EX and the gold stars, which is, is the first set featuring the gold stars.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think, uh, it's a nice, it was a nice starting point being EX team rocket returns. It was kind of going back to a themed set. The first really themed set they've done in this little EX era block. Um, So, yeah, even though I said the art theme still kind of stays the same, even from the start through the Gold Star sets, um, (coughs) they did experiment a little more. So, like you said, they went back to the dark typing. They have a couple awesome Hollows here in the Team Rocket Return set as, like, Dark Dragonite. Um, So it was a nice benchmark for them to try something a little different. This set did involve some secret rare cards, a Charmeleon, and here comes Team Rocket for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> but it had some nice dark type EX cards. Um, there is a Snorlax, which I know you like.
1: I do like the Snorlax. I do.
0: But yeah, it was was definitely the first to introduce the Gold Stars of Mudkip, Torchic, and Trico. Some of the most expensive ones. So I don't know if they used that themed set as like a excuse to try something new. But the Gold Stars stayed for many sets. And uh yeah, this will this will be kind of an iconic set, very expensive set too. But it kind of stinks like, I don't know, if you don't count the dark cards and literally if you hold up every card that's not a dark card and you hold it up to every other set, even the ones after this, it is literally very, very hard to tell which cards are from what sets because they all have that kind of same art style. It's kind yeah. of a good thing though. It's kind of like uh yeah, it's kind of like the e-reader sets where you see that artwork and you know exactly oh that's got to be an e-reader set. But mm-hmm. this kind of has the same vibe, but I think nowadays with modern sets, it's getting hard to tell because a lot of modern sets kind of look like these sets now in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But,
1: but they, there are some cool little arts or cars, rares, commons, whatever. But there's a lot of generic art cards that they use just as filler, pretty much. Honestly,
0: yeah. I, I feel l- cool. I feel like they look really similar, but modern sets might have like a handful of sprinkled in like amazing arts, like from newer mm-hmm. artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna say there's not really much to say on these gold stars. Um, I mean, the hollow pattern's cool, like especially with Torchic. Yeah. But I like. There's some gold stars. Like I understand the natural scarcity factor, right? You know, one of the lowest points of the, of the hobby, and just being hard to pull, um, in general. But m- honestly, most of the gold stars, I don't really care for.
0: Yeah, there is a a weird art aspect to them. I've come to like grow to love them a little more. Yeah. Um, they were. I mean, yeah, they shiny. But yeah. They were special in the sense artwork style because they were, like, the artwork of the card extends past the artwork box on all of them. So that is a a little, you know, kind of cool thing about them as far as, like, visibly thing. Um, but it's real subtle. You know, they're not, like, a full art card or anything. So, mm. so yeah, it is... Uh, It is nice, like a little touch to the card, but yeah, I I see what you mean. These first three, Mudkip, Torchic, Trico, I I like the art style on these guys.
1: I do like Torchic. I do.
0: Yeah. These are, like I said, some of the more expensive ones. Um, Torchic especially, I think he was very hard to grade, but yeah, he, he goes for quite the penny in a high grade for sure, but... Yeah, I guess we can uh, go ahead and just run through each set real quick, and then there's a lot of
1: sets. Yeah, there's a lot of sets. There's like twelve things to talk about, so we would love to chit chat more, but I think we're gonna have to keep it to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This
0: one, this one stands out, you know, by far more than the other ones because it is the first Gold Star set, and it is a themed set, being Team Rocket. But yeah, these other sets, just know basically for artwork, it's kind of the same. And yeah, let's just touch on kind of the key hollows, key mm-hmm. EXs, and the gold stars. But the next set is interesting. It is Ex Deoxys, releasing February first, two thousand and five. Pokemon was not cool. Everyone was in the Yu Gi Oh. Yu Gi Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so everyone was playing Duel Masters, and uh, overall.
1: Gen-Duel. I would always say it like that. It's time to do it. And I actually stutter, so I'd be like do, 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 do. So.
0: <laughs> But yeah. Like I said, hollow patterns, I mean kind of the same throughout. One thing these sets did mm-hmm. have though is really cool reverse hollows. We mentioned that in Fire Red Leaf Green, but these cards had <laughs> unique holo pattern and like the set stamp on the card for the reverse hollows. So if you guys haven't seen those, look that up. A lot of these EX sets had that, which are really cool. But literally nothing, as far as the main set, stands out. It's kind of a weak set here, EX Deoxys. Um, You do have the Deoxys Hollows and each of the forms as a EX card. So really, that's about it, aside from the Gold Stars and the Secret Rare. This card... Or the set did have a secret rare card, which was Rockets Reku EX. Yep. I don't know why. Really cool. Yeah, I don't know why this wasn't in the previous set. Maybe they just threw it in there, continuing that theme. But you do have the most expensive Gold Star of all time, the Rayquaza Gold Star, with
1: Definitely his buddies,
0: with his buddies Latias and Latios. Can't forget yeah. them.
1: But. Yeah. Rayquaza is definitely one of the best I would say you can either say 1A 1B in terms of the Rayquaza Gold Star and Charizard Gold Star
0: yeah I like the Charizard artwork a little better Um, but I do love the Rayquaza artwork too they both have this very front and center look and their shinies are black so they look good Um, the thing that makes Charizard really stand out more is because it's a dark type so it's a black on black card Mm -hmm. which is really cool but yeah as far as value Rayquaza is definitely the most pricey Latios and Latias are kind of in that mid tier so you're definitely looking for that but just think about this like these gold stars are pretty much one in two to three boxes sometimes people think they're like one and two boxes but that is insane so for one you can buy an EX Deoxys box, one of the most expensive there is because of the scarcity. For two, you have to, like, one in two boxes. If if you're talking best odds, have a gold star. So you buy two boxes, you get one gold star. Not only that, you can't guarantee you get the Rayquaza. And mm-hmm. Latias and Latios are kind of sucks. They're mid-tier. They're still pricey. But, yeah, it's uh, that's why these cards are so so insane so yeah
1: there's actually honestly there's so the cheapest you can get you know tcg player it's a damage Rayquaza, 1300 um and there's actually a psa2 i'm looking at right now on tcg player it's it looks like there's no photo of the back but just the front it looks like one of those cards that probably has like a couple of dents or like the backs a little bit beat up but the front looks magnificent yeah. You know, it's one of those ones where, yes, it's an expensive card. I mean, $1,300 is not necessarily cheap, right? Especially for not the greatest condition, but this card is a PSA too. And I mean, like if I were trying to get a Rayquaza Gold Star, I would be willing to get something like that just to have it. And it being in a case, so you don't have to worry about any more damage. Not like it really matters.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but... That's yeah. another
0: thing with these, too, because people didn't like them or care about them too much. A lot of these gold stars were in rough condition, like a lot of cards from these sets were, because they were kind of the packs that, you know, you're kind of getting out of Pokemon. They're they're the packs you buy today. Like, you go into Target, eh, I'll buy a Scarlet and Violet pack. Didn't get nothing, I'll throw it in a the box. These were those sets back then. It's like, oh, Pokemon, I haven't bought a pack in a couple months. Eh. They look cool. Throw them in the box. People didn't care about them enough to know about the gold stars. So they're like, oh, cool. Rayquaza holo. Throw it in the box. (laughs) You know, people Mm -hmm. were chasing the EX cards. Like, oh, it's not an EX. You know, this is just a basic holo. Whatever. People just didn't care enough to really know about the ins and outs. But next up is EX Emerald. Literally was looking at the hollows here. There is not a single artwork that I really like. Maybe melodic. Um moving down to the EX cards, it's got the Reggies as like the main focus of the set. Um, it does have another Deoxys card in there, and it does have a melodic EX, but yeah, aside from Melodic Hollow and Melodic EX, this is pretty much it. Um they did not have any gold stars in this set for some reason. They decided to kind of skip a set. Maybe they were thinking, you know, maybe the gold stars weren't weren't the case. They saw the low numbers with Deoxys. But they did for some reason put in six secret rare energy cards that were full art hollows. So that is a key thing for this set. These actually used to be pretty pricey back in the day. I'm sure they still are. People love to uh pimp out their decks, but uh we got some far fetched love in here too, as the one oh seven out of one oh six secret rare.
1: Yeah, I'm not even seeing a Kamiya in this. Usually I would see I was seeing at least a couple each set. I'm not even seeing one in this in this set.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kinda lackluster for a set for sure. A lot of people would buy those energies to pimp out their decks, but uh other than that, you got a Farfetch. This is kind of something that Diamond and Pearl has seen, that like random secret rare card. Why not? Let's throw in a Farfetch. <laughs> so I love when they do that in a sets. Um, they kind of stopped in the Diamond and Pearl era, which we'll, we'll see more of those when we talk about that era. But yeah, really just the EX chases here. So a really weak set compared to Deoxys for sure. But next up, we got Unseen Forces. I think this definitely spices things up again. You could tell they're trying some new things here.
1: There's like a Flareon already, I see.
0: Yep, they got some pretty cool, like, I feel like the artwork
1: kind of goes up a notch here. It does. This is the first one I've seen that we've really seen where it's like, oh, this is some pretty decent art.
0: Yeah, a lot of the Pokemon get more personality you could tell they're trying to spice things up a little bit. Pokemon look more action-like. Um, we do have quite the lineup of EXs as well. We have a Espeon EX, which is one of my favorite EXs of all yeah. time. That's a very expensive card in a high grade. But Ho-Oh and Lugia...
1: That Lugia one's nice.
0: ...make their EX appearance.
1: It is really nice. Um I'm a pretty big fan of that Lugia. It's definitely one of the better ones, but the Ho-Oh is good too.
0: I like the Ho-Oh. I think the Lugia is like the most derpy looking Lugia of all Lugia cards, in my opinion.
1: I mean, I can see where you're getting that. For me, it's the black and white. Like, yeah, there's blue on the edges of Lugia where you expect blue at, but the way they make it look like, it's like, out of the contrast, is very stark, and I really like it. It's very unique.
0: Yeah, I like the colors for sure. It's just that pose for me, I don't know. <laughs> but they are regardless, they are pretty pricey. Ho Olivia yeah. Espion.
1: Umbreon's uh, a good one, but it's kinda of plain.
0: Yep, but is, since it's
1: an Umbreon, it's obviously semi expensive.
0: Yep, there is Umbreon EX. Tyrantar EX is up there. You got Meganium for Alligator, Typhlosion EX. Their artworks are kind of weak in my opinion. But Another thing that really did this set a disservice, and you can tell this is like a Gen 2 theme set, so they got all the Gen 2, if you didn't notice, like all the Xs are Gen 2, so it's, it's really kind of cool, and uh, there was a focus on Unknown, being that the set was Unseen Forces. There was an entire alphabet of mm-hmm. Unknown Secret Rare cards. So that was amazing for the set. You also had the three legendary dogs or beasts or cats, whatever you call them. Um, Entei, Reku, and Suicune as the gold stars. And these are honestly some of the cheapest gold stars that are out there. Um, There was a guy. I remember when this video came out. There was a guy on YouTube who had gotten a bunch of these from the source, apparently. Like from a Watsi employee However, he got them. He had a literal like two inch binder with the shitty, you know, old school binder pages that scratched up all your cards. Thuring binder, yeah. That's what everybody had back then. But he had literally like the entire binder filled with these things, like a third of the binder with Intake, third of the binder Reiku, then Suicune. and that just like destroyed the prices for these for the longest time. They were always known to be like some of the cheaper ones. Um, after that, and it's still around today. They are just some of the cheaper ones out there. So, if you're looking for some, these are to great.
1: Thirty. You yep. have yeah, three hundred for Raikou. You know.
0: Said a PSA yeah. ten.
1: No, no. I'm just looking at. I'm not even clicking on. I'm just going by TCG player. I think it pulls from heavily played for two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Near mint three hundred. Yeah. So I mean.
0: I know even like the PSA 10s. I mean, you could probably get them 1,000 or a less. 1,000, yeah,
1: which isn't that bad. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, kind of a sad story with those. But this, ha- this set does have a lot going for it, you know, with the Gen 2 focus and the unknown. I mean, there's definitely a lot there. It does have another Rocket Secret Rare card. I don't know why, but Rocket's Persian EX. Um
1: it's dark again, yeah. They, they really like Team Rocket. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of
0: sprinkle in Team Rocket cards in there, but uh, there's a secret rare Celebi EX, which is a play promo on the Japanese side. So it's the one with little leaves and swirly hollows.
1: That one looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. It looks amazing in Japanese, but if you're looking for a much, much cheaper equivalent, it does have a English version in Unseen Forces. But, yeah, I did have the Unknown Hollows up as well. They're really cool. goes through the yeah, whole the alphabet. K,
1: the K is one of the ones that stands out. Yeah. I'm trying to click on them. for There, there you go. Yeah, that K, that hollow is gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like the, the sparkly and kind of a mix between sparkly and galaxy hollow.
1: There's not even a photo of the question mark. And when you click on the exclamation mark, it just takes you to the main page.
0: Huh, that's kind of weird. Yeah,
1: I know. Same with the question mark. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So if you're an unknown lover, this should be your favorite set of all time.
1: (laughs) I have a few of these. They are pretty cool, I will say. Like in the G, that G is awesome too.
0: Yeah. But. All right, next up we have EX Delta Species. They're trying to change it up a little bit here because Delta species introduced different typings they were kind of a way to spice up the gameplay and overall from what i remember it was actually a pretty good mechanic or it really changed things up in a fun way so you have things like an electric type dragonite um you have what is it you do have like flareon which is still a fire type so you do still have normal typings but you have a mewtwo that's a fire type And I forget how the story goes in the show or the lore behind it, but something that activated in the world of Pokemon, like changed all these Pokemon types. And it's like, has to do with like the Holland sphere or something. Like, I think it's pictured in Beedrill, like the number one card of the set, one out of 113. So, whatever that tower is in the lore, sorry, not kept up on my Holland Phantoms lore, but. It activated and changed all the Pokemon in the area. Different types.
1: Well, there's some pretty cool ones with the Delta species one, like the Buldian line, yeah. even the Latios. So they have do do have some of that like CGI PS2 graphics. Um, but I mean, they're still unique. Like they at least have like their own aesthetic. You know, their their own style, which is something that you can see. Yeah. And it at least stands out. That makes it create a kind of niche. But like, yeah, like some of them, like this, uh, you know, fire type Solomon's. Like it just, re- it really does look like graphics, like game graphics of the time. And I think I don't know if that was a style in other places, but I know there was. I do vaguely recall a thing about trying to be like modern and futuristic around the, you know, early to mid two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had that, ooh,
0: computers, look at this awesome CGI. Yeah, look
1: what we have the capability to do now. Here we go, here we go. And then people realize, oh, it's kind of (laughs) cheap.
0: Well, it's kind of like how the PS2 games were. I mean, PS2 graphics were amazing, but if you you try to go back and play like a PS2 game that had quote-unquote realistic graphics, it looks terrible now. Yeah. So, kind of why Mario's held up all these years. You know, cartoony look never really fades or ages. So, yeah, Mario games look great, and you can play those. You go back and try to play, I don't know, like, GoldenEye on the N64. just looks so bad, it's hard to even tolerate
1: it. I mean, N64 obviously was pretty blocky. I mean...
0: Well, I mean, even like Splinter Cell or like the SOCOM games. I used to play those. Yes. Those were fun. Like, they just look bad. They're so dark, you can't even tell what's going on. But, yeah, overall, Delta Species was a cool little mechanic. Changed things up it's a little
1: dittos. bit. The dittos.
0: Has a ditto claymation line of all the starters, which is cool.
1: Yeah. That was like that. That's what's unique, too.
0: Yeah. Got a nice little Mr. Mime in there, too, for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Did have the EV line as EXs. Flareon, Jolteon, and Vaporeon. Jolteon and Vaporeon aren't doing it for me, but Flareon EX is one of my favorites of all time as well. Just love the look of that card. Then for...
1: Yeah, Jolteon's very basic. Like Yeah. Holy cow. Like, just look at it. He's like, why
0: am I on this card?
1: Please kill me. Kill
0: me. But uh, we got, for gold stars, we got Groudon, Kyogre, and Metagross. Not really fans of these poses. Um, This is where I understand where you're coming from, like, with the artwork. Like... I don't know if anyone was wondering what we're talking about. Look at Groudon and Kyogre Gold Star. He's like,
1: whoa! Like, he's like Kyogre, whoa, especially whoa, whoa. like
0: it looks like he's using his tail as like feet, and he's like wrapping and spinning. Like that's
1: exactly what it looks like.
0: It just looks so derpy. That like that's just the name for it. Like some of them look derpy.
1: And then Kyogre looks like he's like a small fish. Like he's like hunched over. I don't know. It's just
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They look weird. Metagross on the other hand looks pretty it's cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These uh these gold stars fall in the mid-range usually, the upper mid range as far as price goes. Um I think I mentioned it like the, the dogs from Unseen Forces. They are, you know, the lower of everything. These are semi-rare. From what I've seen though. These cards are in very good condition. Every time I see these three specifically, they're really great condition. Um, So they are are pretty expensive in the the mid-level to upper level of Gold Star price range. And when I say that, I'm envisioning a price range ranging from like a couple hundred dollars for a near mint version of the dogs all the way up to like $2,000 for a decent version of the Rayquaza. So when I say upper mid-range, these guys might be like 500, 600. Metagross, I think, in good condition, might be up there, too. Um,
1: There's there's actually not a whole lot on TCG Player, which I find interesting. There's only like four Metagrosses on TCG Player, and one of them is a signed PSA 10. Dang. Yeah, I know. I was actually very surprising. Only two... are on the most recent listings, both sold in April.
0: What was the price really is on the ungraded ones?
1: Um well the best condition is heavily played, that's two fifty. And then the recent sales is four fifty on the LP and MP two fifty. So I'm guessing without looking, I would think around six, seven hundred in your mid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and really that price range ranges from like the dogs being 200 to really, I mean, the Rayquaza is like the upper end. It's really unrealistic. <clears throat> so I'd say like that price range I'm referencing, referencing is like 200 to like 1200. Cause really it's only the Charizard and the Rayquaza that is out of that range as far as like raw decent shape goes. But yeah, these are, these are really cool though. These are some of my best condition gold stars. Um, So I really need to get these graded sometime. They did throw in a random secret rare azimeral.
1: I was just looking at that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just one of those things.
0: Here you go. So. uh,
1: it It just looks so plain, too. It's not even like any special art, which is kind of funny. Yeah.
0: Which they did that back in the day. They did it all the way up through diamond and pearl sets. But that's what made collecting so easy. Like, you had one secret rare to chase. So, Wish those days were back again. Next up, EX Legend Maker.
1: I remember this set a little bit.
0: Yep. Nobody cared about this set. This was still around on the shelves and like those three pack, like cheap packs, trying to get rid of stock. <laughs> but really lackluster of a set. So it's definitely understandable. The only thing of note that is out of here first glance is honestly the Muse. So there's a Mew Hollow. Um, the Reverse Hollow in this set is, once again, really cool. does have a Gengar, which I guess stands out now. Um, people didn't really care about Gengar too much back then.
1: I to say, it has a Magmar with a very unique art. Like, that one, like, I immediately went to it. Do you see which one I'm talking about? Yeah. I've actually never seen that card before.
0: Number 21.
1: Yeah, is that unique, though?
0: Yeah, this is pretty cool artwork.
1: Yeah. That's one of those cards where you, like, a buck, you know, it's one of those ones that are just cool artworks you don't see, not expensive, and just awesome looking. Yeah, pretty sure. There's a Kamiya. The Kecleon, I have that one.
0: There's a Arcanine EX in the set. That is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Pokemon, so I love that card, obviously. Uh, the only other EX that stands out to me, which is probably you as well, is the Mew EX.
1: The Vinette actually is another one. It's an Arita artwork, and it really incorporates how Arita uses color. You see that one?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that one is pretty cool.
1: It's, yeah, it's nothing like crazy in price. It's just a cool-looking card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Mew stands out for me, too. Yeah, I, That's one of the Mew's better artworks, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, this is one of the biggest Mew chase cards for set collectors as well. As far as muse and sets go I mean there's really like this and expedition or whatever set that was in but for the gold stars you get the three Reggies and that's it so I know there's not a lot of love there
1: no <laughs> we we know, we know we have a friend that has I think it's the Reggie rock I was trying to tell him to sell it I don't think he ever did because yeah. now I think I think they were six hundred even like in a PSA seven during the hype
0: they they're still up there i mean these are definitely mid-range um yeah
1: 300 400 for a near mint
0: yeah so definitely lower than kyogre Groudon, and Mm -hmm. metagross but higher than the dogs um my reg ice gold star is probably i don't know it's it's got a shot at a 10 from the last time i looked at it the hollow surface is like so clean (laughs) You yeah, need to check that out, but... Once again, random holo, Pikachu Delta Species Steel type. Hey! <laughs> it's actually a cool little looking card. Got a nice yeah, little he's, holo. he's
1: like... He's like... Jumping and hacking up, like he's doing some yeah. sort of John Woo stuff.
0: Yeah, like a dodge or something. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool there. But... Yeah, it kind of continues that trend where they do like a theme, like Delta Species, and then Mm -hmm. the next set after they put in like a Delta Species Secret Rare, kind of like they did with the Rockets. Yeah. Next up, we have Holland Phantoms. This is kind of the wrap-up of the Holland series. So like I said, in Delta Species, where there was like a Holland structure, or whatever they called it, go off. To change the species types. This kind of continues that theme.
1: So that Gyarados is nice. Yep.
0: Yeah. What is that? Uh, you have a electric type?
1: Yeah, That's very unique artwork. Mm-hmm. That's very unique artwork right there.
0: This is definitely a step up from the Delta Species set too. Because I don't know. I feel like they give the art a little more zippers as whatever you call it. Like instead of there being just like a, like this fire type Kingdra and the other set, they may have just did like a red glow to it, but they actually like drew the flames flames and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely a step up here. I believe all the hollows had a hollow border as well, like a shiny hollow, not really like the e-reader hollows, but a little glow to them. So that's pretty cool. See the rest of the set, definitely a little step up in the artwork across the board. Um, this does have another Mew EX in it, doesn't look as good as the last one, but pretty nice there. This one, uh, has quite, quite you know, the selection of gold stars, in my opinion. We have the Gyarados Fire type gold star, yep, we have the Mewtwo. And then we have the Pikachu. It's a very nice selection there.
1: Yeah, so I will say that Mewtwo is one of my favorite ones of Mewtwo. Not my, like I would. I think I had a Twitter just in the outside looking in when I said my top like five Mewtwo cards. Um, that one in a ten is a little pricey. Yep. like five to six thousand. I know Yeti Gaming has one available. And a 10. He's asking a little too much for it, in my opinion. But I understand why he wants... What he wants for it, but... Yeah.
0: I got my little case beside me. I should bust out mine, see what mine's at. This was fun little story about Mewtwo for me. That was the very first Gold Star I ever owned. And I traded for it. And I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I, uh... Played Magic at this... Uh... My friend's house, shout out to Derek. I don't know if he'll ever find this podcast or not, but, uh, Matt, another friend we played with, he had like a random old ass binder of Pokemon and I had some magic cards and some old Yu-Gi-Oh cards that he was interested in. So I was like, well, I, I collect Pokemon. Let's see what you got. He had this Mewtwo in here. I knew it was Shiny. But I had no idea like what a gold star was, and I remember we looked it up. I looked it up by like Mewtwo and then the number on the card because this was way back when I was starting to play again. You know, probably 2011 or so, and found out it was worth, if I remember correctly, 60 to 80 bucks. (laughs) So I ended up buying it or trading for it. So traded him about 60 to 80 bucks worth of stuff. Which was quite a bit in my binder, but it was just a binder I was going to get rid of. So, picked that up, still have it today, still ungraded.
1: <laughs> gonna have to grade eventually.
0: Yeah, one of these days. Just one of those days.
1: Yeah. Limp biscuit, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, so the Mew VX I like. It's kind of unique, but it's not as good as the previous Mew that we saw. Um, I will say the Gyarados, the Gold Star, is one of the better ones, in my opinion.
0: Art-wise, I do really like it. I think the pose is a little weird. Um, but that's just my weird weirdness.
1: I mean, it's not. Let's see. I mean, there's. it's a few thousand dollars, it looks like. Yeah. Like there's a seven for twenty five hundred, so I guess a ten is or is probably around five thousand.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at my Gyarados right now. It is looking
1: pretty nice and clean. Without without I'm just going based on TCG player, obviously eBay is the place to go for slabs in my opinion, but
0: my Gyarados is an eight with a very slim shot at a nine, probably. I really gotta get these things graded.
1: <laughs> well we're kinda, you know. That's that's when you should do it. Yeah.
0: My Mewtwo that I bought all those years ago, not a single hollow scratch. I'm kinda in low light now, so it's kinda bad viewing conditions, but no no dents or anything. This thing is honestly probably a nine. But Pikachu's cool too. I never really yeah. liked Pikachu's pose. But, it's uh,
1: kind of, if you're a Pikachu fan, I could see enjoying it. I think it is a fun Pikachu art, I'll say that. It kind of, the way he has his arms folded just kind of seems like the Pikachu from the show in a, yeah. li- in a, a little bit. Obviously, it's not like it's shiny, right? But, like, that's just the vibe I got because of it.
0: Well, his shiny variant is like... So Barely. different than his normal. So I think he is shiny. He's just like... It's hard to tell.
1: Dude, the original one... Ash's Pikachu?
0: Oh, no. I thought you were talking about... No, the no,
1: no, no, no. I was saying this one's shiny. Yeah. So it's obviously not Ash's Pikachu. I was like, no, Ash's Pikachu wasn't shiny. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they inc- incorporated shinies that early. Shit. Yeah.
0: But other than that, I mean... Yeah, it's a good set. It's got a whole line of full-art energies. Yeah, it's got... Deoxys Hallows. It's got a Deoxys in there. It's got a Mew Secret Rare, so a lot of Mew love around this time.
1: Yeah, random Mew Secret Rare. It's not really anything honestly special. Yeah, and that looks like
0: a... Well, that is a generic Dex artwork. I remember that being in some of the books growing up, but... Anyway... Let's go ahead and move on. We have Crystal Guardians. This is, you know, whatever direction they were going with the art style. I feel like they went right back with the set.
1: (laughs) There's the Charizard. Crystal Guardians. Yep, You did have
0: Delta Species kind of trickle over. There is a Lightning-type Charizard. I remember, I'm pretty sure I pulled this card out of a pack. Because once again, like, when I started... These packs were still around, sitting on shelves, because nobody wanted them. I'm pretty sure I pulled this, and I had it in my binder for a long time. And this card is pretty pricey in a high grade now, just because it's Charizard and it's EX-era. So it, uh, it's kind of weird how things work. Not, not a whole lot else sticking out. I like the Blastoise more than the Charizard artwork, honestly. But... Moving on down, any EXs stand out to you? I think the Kyogre EX is the best one here. Not a, not really a whole lot that stands out. They got the, uh, yeah, they got the Gen three evolutions as EXs, so I guess that's what they were going for. Like this is the Gen three set, but
1: yeah, I mean the Groudon EX does stand out a little bit for me. Yeah. Um.
0: I like the Jirachi too. Yeah. But as far as the gold stars go here, we have Alakazam and Celebi. Don't know Celebi's why sure. they have Alakazam. Alakazam. is good
1: too. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Alakazam, I like both of these gold stars right here.
0: Celebi's yes. artwork is a little weird to me. Um, I do like Alakazam though. I. Celebi was one of the last gold stars I picked up, actually. Probably one of the last fives. Or one of the last five that I got.
1: They're trying to sell a ten for eight grand. I think that's a little overpriced.
0: So <laughs> don't know if you all know uh, cool trainer Ryan, but he's this is his favorite card, the uh, Celebi Gold Star. I think he has like forty something of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw him open up a box. It seemed like it was more than that. Yeah. But
0: anyway, moving on, we have Dragon Frontiers. This is where things get a little more this is spicy.
1: It's a big one, yeah.
0: You do have the Delta species carrying over again. I feel like there's a lot of, like, cooler
1: artworks here. Yeah. Like, just the Meganium. Then you have the Ninetales that you were trying to sell.
0: Yep, Ninetales, Delta species. It's, like, my favorite EX holo of all time just looks like an art piece, you know, in the background of that card. But uh I was trying to sell the Japanese version. Nobody wanted it at CollectCon cuz it's just too niche. The last sale of a 9 was in January, so it's just a thing, you know, you got to realize when you're collecting these sets that not a lot of people really want to touch them. You pretty much have to find a collector who wants it for the PC because there's really no money to be made on these sets. I mean, there definitely is, but, you know, it's a no-brainer to choose something else that is more nostalgic to people than these kind of niche sets.
1: So many Kamiya cards in this set, too. Yeah. A lot of good ones.
0: I like the uh, psychic-type Hollow typhlosion. That's always a good one. Oh,
1: yeah. The pincer stands out, too. Yep.
0: Not a lot going on for the EXs, though, aside from a Dragonite. Um, well, you do have a Rayquaza lightning type, but I don't know what Rayquaza did wrong, but I feel like a lot of Rayquaza art and artworks into the TCG are just so derpy looking. Yeah, Th- this, one, author. this one is just real bad. <laughs> <coughs> I like the pose, but just just his face. I mean, could be a meme. For that Rayquaza ex.
1: Yeah, I had that Salman ex. What did I sell it for? Hey, I sold it for almost a hundred bucks. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was during the hype. It was uh, it was near mint. I don't think it would have gotten a nine. That's why I sold it. I think it, it probably would have gotten an eight. Yeah. It was like around, after the fees, it was being like around 80 bucks I got. So, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yep.
0: The big dogs in this set, though, none other than Charizard and Mew. Yep. We got Charizard that is the and Gold Star.
1: Best artwork, and that's probably the best Charizard artwork. And honestly, so. Again, I mean, a 10, obviously, is going to be highly priced. But even a lightly played... Well, here, let's see. Let's see how low highly played this actually is. I mean, that's not bad. CGC 5.5 5 probably would have been... a. This is before they changed it. Centering's good. Probably would have been a PSA 6 or 7. Yeah. So, I mean, it is for sure lightly played. But, you know, it's... relatively. I don't want to say it's affordable, but, I mean... It, It kind of is in comparison to how cool it is.
0: My Charizard card is like so good condition. Like, I don't know if it's going to be 9 or 10, but really solid 7, 8 with maybe a shot at a 9. But it's got this really weird dot on the back side where it says Pokemon on the E in the yellow section. It has literally like a blue ink dot. I haven't looked at it in a long time, but... I tried, like, taking it off. It's not, like, a dirt spot or anything. It's, like, a literal ink spot. So, I don't know how that's going to affect the grading process. Um, But, yeah, it's really weird. I'll have to post that on Instagram sometime. But, MU-EX, really nice as a water type. Kind of a weird pose, but, yeah, looking pretty strong.
1: That always kind of got me off. Like, I think, I don't know, it just... It's a cool-looking card. I mean, it's shiny, obviously, but this one just never s- synced with me. Yeah.
0: Last set. I guess we'll power on through.
1: Wow, yeah. we got through this a lot faster than I thought. I mean, yeah. there's not really much to it, though. It's like you're just going through a bunch of cards, honestly. Yeah. We're about br-
0: 50 minutes on the, uh, on the main topic part, though.
1: So. Which isn't bad for 12 sets or 11 sets plus the secret rare you know, unknowns. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Not bad at all.
0: For EX power keepers, not really much happening. This is kind of the wrap up of the EX era. Um, sets at this point were just kind of random. They didn't really do the ramp up like you see today where like each set just gets crazier and crazier. And then when the new gen comes out, it kind of you know, resets.
1: Yeah.
0: It it was just basically same old, same old. So not really anything that stands out. Nine tails
1: stands out for me. I was going to
0: say nine tails does look cool. Yeah. Um,
1: That's like some power to stuff right there.
0: Yeah. There is a Charizard in the set. Just number six. Um, Moving down though. EXs kind of suck. <laughs> you have Flygon, Metagross, but none of them look really cool. You have a Salamence. Comedia. Yeah. You do have a Salamence that looks all right.
1: The Absol's okay, but I, I get where you. But the the aesthetic looks good, but the angle's bad. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like it for the Absol.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there really the isn't much. Uh,
1: but most of the X's are kind of lackluster. Yeah.
0: Which number was that, you. Absol? Uh, 92.
1: 92,
0: 92. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's got the same feel as uh, Lugia did.
0: Yeah, for sure. My favorite probably would be the Salamence. Again, they're just kind of mid-tier. Um, but the Gold Stars, you have the Eevee nice. Evolutions. Yeah. Yeah, Flareon, Jolteon, and Vaporeon. Very nice little set. I
1: think the Flareon is my favorite of the three.
0: I was going to say that's my least favorite. I don't really care really? If you know the pose on that one.
1: I like the Jolteon See, pose. Oh. Jolteon's okay. I would say he's the middle, and then Vape's the worst. Yeah.
0: My <laughs> Vaporeon was, I think, the very last <laughs> gold star that I got. And kind of wish I would have got it a little sooner because it was during that time period where, like, the cards were getting dried up and you really couldn't trust people's condition. So I actually bought that in a PSA 9 and cracked it out of the case (laughs) to put it in my. So you could get a 10. So I put it in my binder. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you could get a 10 then.
0: It does look nice. It does have a shot at a 10.
1: Like, if it, if the centering is decent, like, I mean, it really, we see it all the time, right? Like, how many people do that with, that we, we we were seeing this firsthand with Japanese promos. Yeah. It's like a CGC 8.5 or like a PSA 8, and they'll send it in, may, or a PSA 9, and maybe you'll have a shot at a 10, you know?
0: It does have a little white little speck on one of the corners, though. So that's probably what held it up. But, yeah, still, you never know. My uh, my Mew Gold Star was actually a PSA 9 as well that I cracked out. I think it was. Maybe it was an 8. It was either 8 or 9. But, yep, yeah, back when I was a binder guy, but now they're just worth too much to not get graded. Plus, if there's a way that I can disconnect myself from these things, I really only have them all because I have the whole set. If I could, like, sell off some of these to fund some other things, that is a potential play for our next Collecticon. But, gotta get them graded first and we'll see how that goes. I really, I really like them. They were, like, my ultimate goal back in the day when I started out again because it was just so untainable at the time. But, you know, people are probably thinking that now, but just stick to your goals, pluck away one at a time, you'll get there.
1: It's really weird looking at when they release. Like, so the next era we're going to talk about is in Pearl probably, but that's May 1st release. And then Pop Series 5 was March 1st. Yeah, they have the pop series after. Well, because the pop series, it's it encompasses several years, I see. Yeah. I see why they did that. Yep,
0: yeah, that is one thing we do have to talk about real quick. There are two more gold stars.
1: Yep. That are
0: not holographic on the English side. They are play promos that are holographic on the Japanese side. Very expensive. They're. They're among the most expensive on English and Japanese. Um,
1: Japanese, it's actually. Is there even a record of a PSA ten being sold? Because you had to get like, okay, so let me let me think if I can recall this correctly. It was fifty thousand points. Was that correct for the Umbreon and the 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 play tournament for Japan?
0: Uh, let me look it up. It was like the top prize, basically.
1: It was, yeah, it was like you needed a lot of points. so and you know, so we're talking about this is players in general, like if you get that many points, you feel like you earned it, right? I mean, you you did. So I imagine for a lot of these collectors, it's probably impossible I should yeah. say impossible, but very difficult to sell something like this.
0: Yeah, and I forget exactly how they did it, but there was multiple seasons, multiple play promos. Um, there's a there's a section for this. It's play promotional cards, TCG on Bulbapedia, um, but it has them all listed. So there's some cards for the first season subscription, which were the Resi Trios. Then you had, like, the first season play points, which were, like, some weird cards, like Plus Old minimum Celebi, and Mew, which Celebi EX is that EX that I talked about being a Japanese equivalent. It's very expensive compared to the English, but that's the more expensive one. Mew EX is, like, the bubble Mew, people call it. It's, like, the Mew EX that's in, like, a little bubble shield, kind of like from the movie. So that one's really cool. Um, there's a bunch of promos that you could get from the second season subscription. But yeah, these these gold stars. Um, this is actually true for the Vaporeon, Jolteon, and Flareon on the Japanese side as well. Um, they were all part of this play program. Looks like Vaporeon you had to earn 10,000 points to get. Jolteon was 20,000 points, and Flareon was 30,000 points. Then yeah, you got yeah. Then you got Espeon, that was 40,000. So the Umbreon's 50,000, right?
1: Yeah, I was right. I was right, yeah. No. So that's a lot.
0: It jumps up What's to 70,000.
1: Oh, 70,000? 70, <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: So yeah, literally it goes from 10, 20, 30, 40, all the way up to Espeon, and then Umbreon even, goes to 70.
1: I can't even find, like... On eBay, I'm trying to go to the PSA pop report, and like it's not even like I just put in like Jab or uh Umbreon Gold Star, right? And here
0: it's weird, I I'll think, have to look at it after, but yeah, you have to pull up the pop report, I think, for some type of promos where it like lists them all. And then you is have it to the find play it.
1: promos? Like, so it's 2007. Yeah, I tried that.
0: Yeah, try looking up like PSA play promos. So it was
1: 2007, so I'm looking for 2007 for the Japanese side. And I'm not seeing that come up. Or even, well, there's, oh Jesus, there's so many pages.
0: Yeah, for some reason, like when you look at the pop report by like type, it'll just show you all the promos.
1: Yeah, and what comes up is the Japanese 25th anniversary. Yeah. Is what comes up. And then I see like um, the English is a little bit further down. Here, maybe here, maybe if I type in two thousand seven. Maybe that'll help.
0: Yeah. I'll have to check it out after, but Yeah, uh, this is what the uh celebrations Umbreon Gold Star was based off of though, was that play promo that I mean it's considered to be one of the craziest play promos there is. You know, it costs the most points, but I mean, it's, it's Umbreon of course. And then on the English side, you had the pop series, which were like these little packs that they gave out for organized play, um, for basically like a little incentive to play in the Pokemon leagues, um, kind of, kind of started with that. Um, there was really no use for these cards, It was just like a little pack of two or three, um, which kind of didn't have anything cool, but that changed when it was Umbreon and Espeon. They were in Pop Series 5, and, uh, yeah, it was definitely, like, I remember even when I started, packs of Pop Series 5 were, like, 20 bucks a piece, and, like, you, it was so hard to pull the cards. Like, they were the harder to pull of the cards in the set but packs nowadays, all the pop series packs are pretty cheap, except for five. They are very expensive because of these guys, but that pretty much wraps up our sets though.
1: Yeah. I can't even, here's a 9.5. I found
0: trying to find, the I, I, report.
1: I, I mean, I can't even find, like I go to Google. If it wasn't coming up, and I just went to Google, and, like, the Umbreon Gold Star 17 comes up. Like, the English one's easy to find, right? I mean, it's...
0: You might try just searching um, species on the pop report. Let me try here.
1: Because I know it's a lot, and I know at one point the PSA 10, I think, was, like, $15,000, $20,000, the Umbreon Gold Star...
0: For that the English peach. side? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Japanese is quite a bit more, more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15,000 like 2021, 20, 20,000
1: 2020 in the hype.
0: If you so search last... Umbreon on the pop report, you can search all Umbreon cards, and I see it. Oh, Where was it? I just saw it. Yeah, it's 2005 Japanese play promo.
1: That's why it wasn't coming up. Let me see there it here. is,
0: and when you click on that, it brings up all the play there it is promos. play promo
1: seventy thousand points. Yeah, and it's only one, one sales, but twenty one population for PSA ten. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forty
0: six graded total.
1: And the only sale is a PSA six thirty three hundred. I, I wonder if he'll tell me the, the date that that was sold.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is essentially...
1: 2018. Trophy. <laughs> yeah, this is essentially trophy
0: card that's only private sales, pretty much.
1: Yeah, with 20, you're not... Yeah, I mean, I would think six figures is what I would think around there.
0: Oh, yeah like it's close i mean the from what i could tell for some reason i compare these to like the kangaskhan parent and child promo
1: yeah
0: it's like essentially a trophy card like this is usually around the price of that like it falls into that tier yep like it's definitely trophy worthy
1: but i say because it looks better in the japanese looks because it's it's got the hollow and it looks stunning yeah, like it's definitely an awesome card.
0: So yep, would be definitely the holy grails of the gold stars right there's Umbreon and Espeon, Japanese. Um, out of the out of the tier list, it probably goes Umbreon Japanese, Espeon Japanese, probably the other evolutions too because yeah, mean, they're the play promos as well.
1: And then you, all, you obviously have after those, I and mean, before those, you would have like the Rayquaza and Charizard.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think all these cards are underrated. It's not just because I have them. I just think <laughs> I don't know. Everyone loves them. Everyone would like to have them. It's just one of those things. Like, oh, I would. I think a lot of people say, I would like to have them. They're obviously Grails, but there's so much other stuff to buy. Like, you know, people would rather buy a first edition Charizard than a Rayquaza Gold Star. And they're priced similarly for medium conditions. So it's just one of those things. Not a lot of love. Got some potential. It's just I think they're really solid if you like Gold Stars. They're one of those things that... Might not go up like crazy, might not go down like crazy. They're always going to be kind of bond-like, you know, slow, steady growth. (laughs) Some safe bets. Yeah. But uh, anyway, guys, that'll wrap up our main topic. guess we'll hop into the little wrap-up here and kind of continue moving. Alrighty, so for the questions on this episode, we are... Mine's a little more simple. Let's go ahead and hit yours with the uh, with the promo talk, if you want to check that out.
1: Yeah, so right now you can get these promo cards for around $300, raw. Um, and... It's even going down based on what I'm seeing with the trend. It's even going lower. So it's gonna go lower than what it is. And the tens are already around six hundred. Um, and I expect that continue to decrease. And I imagine just like most Japanese promos, it's gonna grade fairly well. So it's one that what I kinda hinted at earlier was it almost, if you wait enough time, it almost might be more cost effective just to buy the tens on some of these.
0: Yeah, with the uh, yeah with the Worlds promos for sure. Um, the Pikachu box from Worlds is definitely, you know, a safe play. Like you said, a lot of those are selling for like two hundred, and then tens are five to six. Um, just a lot of people are just kind of scrambling just to see how fast they can grade those right now. It will be coming down pretty quick because, like I said too, there is, like, just seems to be a lot of them. So they will be coming down pretty regularly. I could see the 10 of that promo. This is the one with Maridon and Crydon on it. mm -hmm. I could see that promo settling down at like 250, 300, and maybe the decks. No, in a 10, honestly. I think this has very much, like, uh, stamp promo vibes as far as price. Um, yeah. So it'll come down pretty low, and it'll have some slow growth. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. That's uh, Yeah. I feel like, you know, this is reminiscent of a lot of the Festa. Like, obviously not the 20th anniversary Festa, but the other normal, like, well, Festas, how they're, like they've went through the hype already. They weren't printed as much as like a modern card, like this. And I don't know. I just feel like they kind of, uh, they kind of fit in that realm. But
1: yeah. So in the most closest promo that we've seen in recent history was the precious collector Pikachu. Um, I, I know it's the end of era promo, but even those are kind of reminiscent of the Battle Testa promos to an extent. And those are around five hundred, five thirty and a and a ten, I bet. You can yeah, want this one for five hundred. I mean they're pretty they're around five hundred. So when those came out, those were over a grand and a ten. About $11, 1200 And those were more exclusive than these worlds. Well we expect the worlds okay, let me rephrase that. I don't think the precious collector Pikachu with black was exclusive, but I think there's less overall than the worlds and i think if you're if we're already at 600 PSA 10 in less than a month i think your assessment isn't too far off now that being said i believe that within 5 years that, that's a card that could be $1000 in a PSA 10 approximately i don't i'm not going to say over i mean you can 800 900 a 1000 i think that card is going to be a good pickup once it cools off
0: yeah it'll be it'll be solid for sure
1: yeah like if you're looking at like potential cars to pick up this promo is clearly a winner it's one of those ones that's going to go up it's going to be steady even with a decent amount it's already one of the defining cards of the era that we're in which says a lot so far in an era that's been relatively mediocre
0: yeah i was going to mention that too um We've really seen Scarlet and Violet struggle as like sets booster box prices are coming way down. Um, that kind of goes into my question too, but, uh, yeah, we're just seeing kind of a lull in the hobby right now. I think it might be here to stay unfortunately for a little while. Yeah. But, uh, that is the kind of the risk with a new generation and, uh, yeah, I guess with that we can go into my question a little bit, but I do think that yeah, it's it's a safe it's a safe buy. It's like the stamp box promos, like just wait a few months till they come down, and it's not going to be any big deal. Um, if you do pick this up for around three hundred or so, I think that'll be a solid price um, to like really jump on it because. I for one don't think it's gonna be a thousand in a few years, just because of the Festas. Like seeing what they've done, they're barely reaching over a thousand. But well, I think the card will for sure be like maybe six, seven hundred, no doubt.
1: Yeah, um, he, I would say here's my thing with that is so those Festas are around that price. Yeah, I think twelve, thirteen hundred on some of the non twentieth anniversary Festas. The one with the uh, Mega Mewtwo's in the background, and the one with Mega Gengar. Those are the more expensive, between like eleven and like fourteen hundred dollars. Now, here's the thing: 2015, 2016 did have a resurgence of individuals and back in the hobby. However, twenty twenty has seen more, and there's yes, some people have left, but there's still a significant amount of people in the hobby. Now, because of that, and I think it's already one of the defining cards, I think it could get the eight hundred, nine hundred, one thousand dollar trajectory. Now, things got to go well for that. I agree, but I think. That's kind of what the five-year outlook would be, in my opinion. But you, but I do agree with you. It's going to compare similarly, to maybe a little bit further, to the stamp promo. Now, the stamp promo kind of went crazy there for a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, the only thing I have to say about that, though, it's like if you take that same situation and, like, look at those Festa promos, like they, they were already a couple hundred dollars, and it, it took – like, yeah, they did have a resurgence, but then they had even more of a resurgence in 2020 and all the publicity with the 20th anniversary Festa. So people, like, know they're out there. There's more Festas. Um, even with all that, it's literally the best two, maybe one that is consistently hitting above a 1,000 and barely at that. So, yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of hard for me, like, even if they released a Festa this year, like, yeah, there's more people in the hobby, but that means more people bought, you know, the older Festas, too, and they're still barely over a 1,000. So I definitely think it could happen. That just means, like, the the current Festas would probably be at 2,000 if that happened, which is Uh. very – which is – you know, could happen as well, but
1: I say fifteen hundred. I mean, yeah, I think over fifteen hundred for those fests in five years is what you'll see $1,500. I think that's not crazy. Now things do now the percentage I want to give it for it to hit that I would say around thirty to forty percent maybe. Um, so some things have to go right. I think over eight hundred dollars is probably around seventy percent in five years. That's my opinion of that. But, yeah. you know, it's not, not necessarily. I don't think it'll be crazy off, but I think that that's around where I expect, expect it to, to be at. Yeah.
0: Either way, it's a pretty solid card. Just. Uh, yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say it's probably one of the best cards you could probably buy thus far in this era.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, one of the better products for sure. It's going to mm-hmm. be a, a good one. But uh, with that on my question,. Um, I've been noticing lots and lots of people selling stuff. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a coincidence of worlds or people needing money or people just offloading their random crap. But uh, yeah, I've been—you know—I don't want to say we've been kind of ahead of the curve again, but it seems like we were. We had—we kind of had this urge to sell things during Collecticon. Um, we did pretty well with that. Um, and then all of a sudden this month, like, I feel like I've been seeing way more people like listing stuff for sale, kind of similar boat that we were thinking at CollectCon. Just anything that isn't like a core PC item, people have been kind of letting go. Um, yeah. I think, I always think people are collecting smarter. The people who've been around are, but I can't say that for the hobby as a whole because modern is still going crazy. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know if you can say the hobby is getting smarter with all the uh, modern things that are still happening.
1: I mean, but, Evolving uh, Sky's booster box still consistently 400. Yep. Define yeah. all logic. <laughs>
0: but you know the the Moonbreon still is you know one of the most talked about cards and uh one day it's not going to be one day there's going to be a better Umbrion or a better chase Whatever. card yeah. so you know it's still pretty relevant and somewhat safe like i would still stay away from that card but no matter what like, it's, it's sealed its place in the hobby. It'll be worth something. But uh, there's just so many of them. And, and the uh, biggest, yeah,
1: I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: I was just saying, like, it's just, you know, it'll, it might not have pretty days ahead of it, but it'll always be worth something. And mm-hmm. I I really fear that, like, when we see that next big thing, like that next Umbreon mm-hmm. or next big absolute must have go crazy for a chase card and set. You know, I, I think it's going to be rough times and I don't think we've seen it yet because we are in a new era, Scarlet and Violet. And we talked about before how it's uh kind of a, it's always a lull at the start of the next generation. Cause they kind of yeah. like reset the sets. They kind of bring things back to baseline a little more basic themed and stuff. So I think we're definitely seeing that, but, uh, you know, once, once all the Scarlet and Violet Pokemon have came out, you know, maybe next year we start seeing more sets that are more theme focused, like the evolving skies and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Be interesting.
1: I think having something that changes up the, the current set formula. Kind of that with having a more of a theme, like with Evolving Skies with the evolutions. Um, I think doing something like that would be pretty fun. It would spice up the hobby a little bit and still have your, you know, your secret rares, your your alternate arts, all that good stuff, your character rares. Um, and I think that'd be a good way for the hobby to go. That would appeal to collectors and I think would get more people interested because it does seem like. A lot of folks, I think, are also kind of stepping back and realizing people are still somehow buying all the sealed stuff. But like current sets, people are still buying. But I think you're seeing a lot more people taking a step back because they don't care as much about these sets right now. They're just like, oh, I just want a few. They might get a few packs to open or they'll just buy the singles. Yeah. And it seems like that's – there's. I mean, it might be anecdotal, but I feel like that sentiment in the hobby is pretty prevalent with from a lot of people or at least a lot of vocal people and how they could be. A vocal minority, by all means, but I do believe there's a lot of that sentiment, which goes back to, you know, the World Championships promo and how it sets itself apart so far early in the era. But the biggest thing as well with the Umbreon is its pull rate, even though there's a lot and there's a bunch of sealed product that everybody has that they haven't began offloading yet. But when does that happen? A year from now? Two years from now? People are like, oh, I need money and I don't really care about this crap. Like, it's going to be a lot of that. Like, you're seeing that to an extent right now. Yeah. And by then, where are we going to be at with the current era? Will the current era have really began to separate itself?
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think there's just a lull in the hobby coming for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's just something that I see and there's a lot of people selling right now. It's got me worried, but... I'm also thankful because this year, obviously I've been trying to limit my collection down to the the core of what I want. So I'm in a pretty good spot with that right now. But, uh, yeah, I think people are just collecting good stuff. I think that's why we saw the Japanese boom. People were Mm -hmm. really jumping on that boat early and yeah, modern is still strong, but it's not going to be anything what we, uh, have seen here lately. But, uh, Yep. I guess that's all I really wanted to say about that. Basically the question was, do you think we're heading in a like a little down slope and I think we are for certain things, but
1: yeah, I mean I think this year is going to be somewhat slower. I whenever the premier item appeared to be this classic collection set that they're coming out with. I'm like, eh, yeah, they're really really uh just milking that cash cow that is base set and early pokemon and i don't really care for it but people are going to buy it obviously but if that's your premier item of the year uh, like at least with the charizard collection box people went crazy for it yeah like everybody wanted it unlike this item that they have that they're, they're releasing i i just think it was kind of lackluster I assume next year they're going to pick up a little bit. My guess is they're going to peak with the era in 2025 just before they begin a new era in 2026. Yeah. So, and that's also just before the anniversary. So.
0: Yep. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, with that, I guess we'll wrap it up. They did, uh, they did show some English 151 cards by the way. So you can go check that out. But, uh, Yep. Guess we'll wrap it up there, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully I find my spark back in the hobby. I've been really following Lorkana since it's been coming out. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with all that stuff in worlds, I've just been feeling eh. But, uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, not sure exactly what the next topic is, but we'll have something for you in a couple weeks, and we'll see you then.
1: Until next time, peace.
0: See ya.